Welcome to episode 81 and a half of the Setting the Edge podcast. I'm your host, Justice Mosqueda. You can find me on Twitter at J-U-M-O-S-Q. I'm here with my co-host, Charles McDonald. You can find him on Twitter at Forward. Say what's up to the people, Chuck. What's up? What's up? What's up? Yeah, we actually did record last week. Like, I swear to God we did. But I kind of got caught up in a situation where I didn't, I wasn't able to upload it immediately and then by the time i was able to upload it my laptop rip like the thing will not stay on for more than 10 20 seconds at a time so it got lost in the woods but i promise you that every single one of our week two picks was correct uh yeah <laughs> and you can't back on it so uh we're gonna call this one 81 and a half since i uh, couldn't get up last week but this one is going to be good to go now that we're using uh zencaster and there probably isn't going to be an intro on this one because all the intros are saved on my old laptop as well hooray for technology uh but we're gonna dive right in (laughs) with the uh what week three picks yes sir and yeah so we already went two teams we we already watched like six teams from the playoffs so yeah yep uh we just watched baker coming and pump life back into the browns in the second half last night which is pretty awesome to see because we were both pretty big Baker fans uh, back in the draft. Yeah, I mean, I was we were talking about this this morning, but I don't know, man. A lot of people are like anti-momentum and like anti-human when it comes to analyzing football, but good golly, did the Cleveland Browns look like they were, you know, dead on spirits like the first quarter and a half of football. And then Baker came in and that, it like visibly rejuvenized the team. Yeah, it, it, Tyrod was just having one of those games where he's he was just super duper hesitant to pull the trigger on anything. And when he and... did, he missed. Like that's <laughs> the thing too. Is like there's been at least like it probably like five plays that have been worth like 200 yards that have been open in the first three weeks of the season that Tyrod has just missed. And when you're leaving 200 yards on the field, man, like with a coach on the hot seat and a number one pick breathing down your neck, like it just wasn't going to happen, you know. It's time to make yeah. some changes. Uh, so yeah, I think so. For the <laughs> in the first half, Tyrod had nineteen passing yards, and he had twenty-two sack yards lost. So he had minus three passing yards for when he was in the game, which is you know not, good. not great. And then Baker came stats, in and uh, ripped it up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> having negative passing yards is actually bad. Uh, so Tyrod on his. On his 14 attempts, he had 19 yards, so that's 1.4 yards an attempt. And Baker came in through 23 passes for 201 yards, which is 8.7 pretty yards. Pretty good. And I mean, good. you just see the NFL MVP. Yeah, numbers, that's pretty so. good. Yeah, like when you're when you're on the like we we've talked a lot about how completion percentage is an overrated stat, but when you're pairing a high completion rate with a high yards per attempt rate, like you're going to be pretty deadly on offense. And, and that's what we saw in the second he half. He did well. I'm very happy for him. I'm happy that he's going to be starting the rest of the year. I don't care what Hugh Jackson says in a press conference. Um, glad that Tyrod got out of Buffalo, though. Pretty happy about that situation because they're, they're not Same. they're not going to be winning football games anytime soon. They don't – yeah, and, and we'll get to them as we dive into the, the – uh, week three picks so this is a good place to start as any you want to start with the uh the best rivalry in the nfl the falcon saints perfect game? um i'm on bet online right now and the first thing that pops up is colts eagles and i was about to say well i don't know what game, what game you were gonna bring up for the morning slate but yeah uh saints atlanta the falcons are three point home favorites it is plus 108 here though so it looks like they're you know this line may end up moving to saints uh saints by two and a half um two and a half underdogs on the road um what do you think about that? Saints a little, little better than the Falcons? That's what this is kind of saying. It's kind of pushing that line that way. Yeah, I, I mean, it, yeah, I would agree with that right now. And Tack McKinley was just ruled out for the game uh, with a groin injury that he hurt. And, like, the, it, it was just a bad luck. But he kind of got hurt, I think, in, with just a, a few minutes left in the fourth quarter of the Panthers game, like after it already pretty much been decided, he got hurt and he's going to miss his game with a groin injury. So that means the Falcons are down three of their best defensive starters for the game against the Saints uh, with Keanu Neal out for the season, 
with uh, ACL injury, Deion Jones out until week eight or week nine because he's on injury reserve. And then now Tack McKinley out with a groin injury. They're, they're pretty banged up on defense. Uh, and, I mean, you could just see last week, Duke Riley, like the, the, the jump from Duke Riley to, or the jump from Deion Jones down to Duke Riley, it's massive. Like they're going from one of the better linebackers in the NFL to someone who still isn't really ready to be on an NFL field. And here comes Alvin Kamara marching into town. I mean, he's like just as explosive as he did last year. I mean, he kind of, he, Kamara kind of slowed down towards the end of last year, uh, but he's picked up right where he left off. And, you know, have, missing Deion Jones and Kellen Neal is going to hurt a lot, but. On the flip side, it's not like the Saints defense. They, they've been, been awful. Special. Yeah, they've been awful this year. I mean, they so got far. torched last. Um, they've been awful. Yeah, they got torched by uh, who they play? Oh yeah, like Fitz Magic started off with the Saints, and Tyrod had a good game against them last week. So uh, this is probably going to be another yeah, your, another your shootout. Guard was a situation that, like we talked about it this offseason, where Atlanta was pretty weak at guard. That was probably that and nose tackle were like their big two injuries when you just looked at like the first line of the depth chart, right? They don't have a lot of depth in the front seven that could withstand injuries, and we're seeing that now. But in terms of starters, guard was probably one of their biggest holes, and one of their guys just went out, right? I think it was Levitri. Yeah, Levitri. I'm, I'm like, not, not great. But I'm not really. He, you can do a lot worse than Levitri in today's NFL, right? Who's, who's coming in? Is it Ben Garland, yeah. the guy who used to be a defensive tackle? Mm-hmm. No, it's gonna be Wes Schweitzer. Okay. He started 16 games last year. Yeah, he, so, I mean, there are worse options. Yeah, to have. you could do worse. I mean, Alex Mack being there and Jake Matthews being there probably helps him out a little bit. Yeah, Matt, Matthews is probably he's he's playing pretty good ball right now. It's like you're good, you're still good at left tackle, center, and right tackle, but you know you just kind of need Wes Schweitzer to hold up his end. I mean, it's not like the Saints have world beaters at defensive tackle like that. That's really where where Schweitzer struggled last year. Like Fletcher Cox and Aaron Donald fucking destroyed him in the playoffs but he, he i think he'll be fine versus the saints uh it, it just kind of matters like you know it, it's a dumb cliche but i think like whoever has the ball last is probably going to end up winning this game just because i don't i don't really see how either defense is going to stop yeah the stop total in this game is 53 which i think is the highest this week no i lied to you uh san francisco kansas city's 55 and a half and then patriots lions steelers buccaneers are 53 and a half so it's on the very high end um, of these games, but it's not the highest total because some teams just fall fuck out right now. Um, all right, so you're in on this. If it's three, what are you taking? I'm going to take the Saints plus three just because I, I think that <laughs> here comes Drew Brees and Kamara, and the Falcons are missing, like I said, three of the best defenders. So I expect him to just absolutely shred them. If, so. if Taysom Hill take, uh, scores a touchdown. This week, because they keep running Taysom Hill as like the wildcat guy, right? And then they split Drew Brees out to Z receiver. And for some reason, people respect Drew Brees as a receiver still. Like, I think week one, who did the Saints play week one? Tampa? Tampa Bay. There was that Alvin Kamara inside zone play that he got for a touchdown. And it's basically three defenders in coverage over top of Michael Thomas and Drew Brees, like inside the tent. And it's like, why would you? Why would you ever put three over basically what amounts of Michael Thomas? You know what I mean? It just doesn't make sense how teams are lining up to it. So at some point, Taysom Hill is going to end up pulling one of these things. And I hope, I pray to God it isn't against you. I don't care. Uh, whatever. Uh, I mean, at, at, this, at this point, like, I'm just kind of accepting that the bad players that the Falcons have right now are just bad players and bad shit's going to happen to them. So if Taysom Hill gets to the goal line and – you know, he's about to run into Jordan Richards and Duke Riley. I'm going to put my money on Taysom Hill <laughs> getting through the end zone on that play. Uh, I, just, I just hope we get another moment where Matt Ryan – you watched the game. The the touchdown that he scored where he ran over Don Terry Poe at the goal <laughs> line, like I don't know what the hell yeah. that was. Like he, he put on like his Cam Newton shirt and like tried to dive over the end zone and get over three Panthers defenders on a scramble. Didn't get it the first time and then kind of rolled in after he – uh, kept kept his balance somehow. But a funny thing that I was looking at when uh, after that game, I was like, "Did Matt Ryan like have a decent you know day at the combine?" And his his ten yard split was actually a one point six seven, which isn't terrible, you know, for a quarterback. Uh, yeah, faster than Jarvis Landry. So uh, I don't know. I just had to get that shot in. I don't really know what I'm going with that. But uh, yeah, Saints plus three. <laughs> This Jarvis Jarvis Landry slander is still fine. I don't care what fantasy Twitter says. He's 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 expensive Duke Johnson. Um, 
All right, next game. Indianapolis Colts at the Philadelphia Eagles. The Philadelphia Eagles are six and a half point favorites. Carson Wentz's first game back. Uh, thoughts? This is two quarterbacks basically coming off an of injury. Yeah, I'm, I think the Colts are pretty. Also, Eagles defense sneaky bad right now. Yeah, it is, but the Colts are pretty banged up too. So if you just, if you just look at who's out for the Colts to speak. Uh, Danico Autry, defensive tackle, out with an ankle injury. Anthony Costanzo, left tackle, out with a hamstring injury. Jack Doyle, out with a hip injury. Marlon Mack, out with foot and hamstring injuries. Hassan Ridgeway, defensive lineman, out with the calf injury. Quincy Wilson in the cornerback. But I don't, still not sure if he exists. I don't know if I've seen him play. Uh, He's not out even. with a concussion. So I, I, the. <laughs> The Colts are pretty banged up, too. Uh, even though, you know, Carson was coming off injury, there's probably a little pause for concern there. But I don't know. Even though the Eagles' defense has been pretty bad, I just I just think they're still a lot more talented than the Colts are. And you just kind of got to see is, like, which Eagles' defense is real. The week one defense that was kind of bend, don't break, where the Falcons can move in between the 20s and punch it in. Or are I they – bend don't, bend, don't break. You know what I mean? No, I'm like, talking about just, a, a, just a the first of, game. Just the first I game. I know, I know, but like even then, like, goddamn, a lot of that is just like fucking fourth down and like timing things. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like right. they went for it on the one. <laughs> like that's a very extreme, extreme bending and not breaking, right? <laughs> and, then, <Yeah. laughs> and then the other one of the other turnovers, the, the turnover from like the five was because time expired. And like they needed a touchdown instead of a field goal, you know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know about bend don't break. Like plus, also like the Eagles. Oh my god! If you want to talk about Week One, um, so Atlanta turned the ball over three times inside the fifteen and missed a PAT. Like, uh, I put I put money on Atlanta in that game, and I would do it several times over again if given the chance. Because yeah, I mean, I, I mean, yeah, it, I, it was it was kind of the same story as the playoff game where. The Falcons could they could move the ball, but they couldn't punch it in. And yeah, you know, I guess now that I think about it, that was a lot of it was just random luck in this in this last game, which is football. <laughs> it, it very much was. And like we we can't like this data is useless now because Nick Foles isn't starting any games. But I looked back and I looked at like the AYA of quarterbacks who have won games who have had as awful of a day at the office as Nick Foles did against Atlanta. And it's basically like we have two games a year where someone is as bad as Nick Foles was against Atlanta and won a game. And that's out of like 256 or whatever. I can't remember how many games there are in the NFL season, but something like that. So, yeah, I, I don't know if anything about the Eagles' first win was sustainable. Very much so. They, they probably should be 0-2 and like, quote-unquote, like eliminated, eliminated from the playoffs at this point in terms of probability. But I don't know. Very odd. Very odd yeah, situation. I, but I the Colts also like suck, the... so. Yeah, and I mean, you have a Colts defensive line. Like I said, like they're out two guys that play a lot of snaps for them on the defensive line. How and dare, how the dare Eagles... you talk about Marcus Hunt like that? Okay, well, I'll, you you take Marcus Hunt, and I'll take the Eagles off of the line. He's got he's got like f- five tackles for a loss or something. Yeah, and... I don't I don't know what what Marcus Hunt did between his stint in Cincinnati and his stint in Indianapolis, but he's like a totally different player now. Yeah, he looks like. <laughs> he's had some plays where he looks like prime J.J. Watt, uh, like especially versus Bengals in that week one game. He was all over the place. Uh, yeah. But I, I think I think, I, I think I'm just going to take the Eagles minus six, just because I, I think the talent disparity. Six and a half, but six, six and a half, whatever. I'll take the Eagles minus six and a half. Just, uh, I think that the, the, talent, the talent disparity just favors the Eagles so heavily, even if their defense has been underperforming. And, and uh, you know, I, I'll take a hobble Carson Wentz over Nick Foles. Like, you can tell me, all right, you got the two great games from Nick Foles in the playoffs. That's fine. He still sucks. Uh, I'll take Carson Wentz on one knee over over uh, Nick Foles any day. So I'm just going to take uh, the Eagles, my six and a half. All righty. Next game, Cincinnati Bengals at the Carolina Panthers. The Panthers are three-point favorites at Bengals, home. Bengals, but, Bengals, but Bengals. It's minus, yeah, the Bengals <laughs> is minus 120, so it looks like this line might get up to, you know, two and a, or might go down to two and a half at some point. So I would wait out on that if you're going to try to bet it. But, yeah, Bang- you, you think I, the Bengals are just a better team? Yeah, I think this line is kind of underrating the Bengals. Uh yeah. Okay, so let, let's let's. I actually, I wrote about this today. It's going up on Sunday morning. I wrote about Cam Newton still needing to be Superman for the uh, for the Panthers. Like their offensive line is extremely banged up, and they have some somebody named 
Greg Van Roten starting for them at left guard. They signed Chris Clark uh, four days before the oh, Atlanta game. Oh, he's no game. good. No, he's terrible. He's, they signed Chris Clark four days before the Atlanta game, and he ended up starting and playing every snap for them at left tackle. They're going to get Trey Turner back at right guard, and Taylor Moten is a good uh, right tackle. But like from center, left guard, left tackle, they're really, really, really weak. And, you know, here comes Geno Atkins and Carlos Dunlap and Carl Lawson. Uh, I just I just think that's – They're playing all those guys too. Like you got to remember, like yeah. how many guys do they – so they have they, – they released and then re-signed Michael Johnson, and he's basically like the fifth the end in that rotation now. But they have like three top 100 picks. Or I guess Lawson was like a fourth-round pick. Um, but three top 100-ish picks – basically coming off the bench just consistently being fresh yeah it's it's a lot to handle and I mean when you have a, a guy like Geno Atkins who is one of the elite defensive tackles in the league kind of crushing things in the middle it just makes everything so much easier it's like when you have a I mean you can win games just having a strong defensive line and a strong secondary which which the Bengals do and now you have you know and they fix some of their offensive line problems uh from a year ago like that Cordy Glenn trade has been absolutely huge for them Buffalo could use a guy like Cordy Glenn yeah. right now, but uh, they, they decided to mortgage. They decided to swap first round picks with the Bengals to get up into the Josh Allen race, which is hey, you know, your prerogative, I guess, as the Bills. But you could definitely use a stud left tackle right now. So uh, I just think the Bengals overall are a much better team, and you know, the Bengals they just, or the, the Panthers they just got carved up by the Falcons last week, and I don't think that the Bengals supporting cast differs too much. From the Falcons, when you just look at AJ Green, John Ross, uh, Tyler Boyd's been playing well. Tyler Eifert's finally healthy, and then you got the two back. Uh, don't don't say don't say John Ross. He's he's on he's my alive. fantasy team in the world's worst the world's worst fantasy league, and he he's caught like one pass all year. Okay, so. fine. I'll I'll exclude John Ross then. But still, you know, it, it's a comparable supporting cast to what the Falcons just put up last week, and they scored thirty one. So. Uh, the the Panthers being favored by three, it just kind of feels like the Bengals are being underrated right now. And I I think they're going to win. Like I would I would just instead of betting on the on them to cover the spread, I would just bet Bengals money line all the way and just ride with it. Yeah, I will say uh, another thing to watch out for: Bengals off of extended rest. I don't know how much Marvin Lewis <laughs> is like. You know, giving Marvin Lewis time, I don't know if he's really going to come up with any sort of level of innovation there. But yeah, it's worth noting at least. Um, next game, the Tennessee Titans at the Jacksonville Jaguars. It sounds like Blaine Gabbard is still going to start. Um, Jaguars minus nine. Minus nine. At home? At home, yeah. Uh, I feel like I, I, don't, I don't know. That's a lot of points, man. I, this is probably going to be my stay away game. But Blaine Gabbard versus the Jags defense – Come on, man! They're like they're, they. <laughs> guess, guess guess what the total is for this game? Uh, so the Jags are favored by nine. I'm gonna guess forty-one. It's 39. 39. Okay. So that means they're guessing the Titans score like fifteen. It's like fifteen to twenty-four. I can do math. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what to do with this because. You know, it's not going to be as easy as it was for their defense last week, at least to get sacks, where, you know, you're playing against the Texans. I'm talking about the Titans now. Like, the Titans played against the Texans last week, and the Texans have probably the worst offensive line in the league right now, and Watson was still able to have a pretty good day against them. So, like, with the way – oh, God, this sounds stupid. But, I mean, with the way Bortles is playing, it wouldn't be <laughs> – outlandish it wouldn't be like outlandish for the for the jaguars to just run over them but nine points that's that's pretty hefty you know yeah i really wanted to i really wanted to pick against the jaguars you know after beating new england but it's fucking blaine gabbard dude i can't i can't do that i just would not touch this at all if, ja- if the Jaguars end up steamrolling the Titans, I would just, like, keep an eye on whatever the future is. Because, like, that I, – I don't think Bortles can keep that act up, you know, for three weeks in a row or whatever it would be, right? Yeah. Random stat. I just don't think that this is the spot – this is the spot to, like, take advantage of it. I, don't, I really don't want to be in a sp- position where I'm putting money on Blaine Gabbard. Yeah. I'm beyond that. I'm better than that now. Random stat uh, for Blaine Gabbard this year. He has two games, obviously, because he played twice this year. Back to back, 
He has thrown 117 yards in both games, and in both games, his longest pass was 18 yards. That's kind of neat. Blaine Gabbert trivia, if you care about that. But the, the guy, like, he's just... He's just Blaine Gabbert trivia that will expire in, <laughs> in, like, three days. I mean, who knows? Like, Blaine Gabbert, he could throw for 117 yards versus the Jaguars. I don't think, I don't think anybody would blink an eye. It might take him more than 20 attempts to get there. But uh, I, I think this is just a stay away game because the line is so high and like you don't want to put money on Blaine Gabbert to cover any spread, but you also don't want to put like money on Blake Bortles to cover any spread, even though he has that defense and that defensive line behind him. So I think I'm just going to – this is going to be my stay away game from the week. Uh, yeah. All righty. Uh, Denver Broncos at Baltimore Ravens. The Ravens are five-point favorites at home. They're coming off of extended rest. Uh, this is Denver's first road game because the NFL allows them to play back-to-back home games literally every the start to the last three seasons. And they're 21-1 and at home in the first two weeks of the year in that new stadium. So, my goodness, I don't know. We got to have a discourse about that. Like, well, <laughs> Denver might have, like, superpowers at the beginning of the season in Denver because of the elevation. but like. Should we really be allowing them to have start the year every year with back to back home games? I don't know. I don't. I don't know. And it's crazy because last week uh, after the game, did you see that clip of Bruce Irvin and like the entire Raiders defensive line just not rushing the pass at the end of the game? People were like, "Oh, yeah." People were like, "Oh, you know, they just don't care. They're not trying. There's no effort, no heart." I mean, dude, they're still trying to play themselves in the shape, and now they have to go up to a place where the air is thinner than usual. They were just exhausted. And I don't really know why people were ragging on them so much, but probably because football fans are Neanderthals. They don't care to think about what's actually going on in the game. But I'm, I'm, I'm not going to rag too, on the Ravens like, defensive line. Denver's look like shit up until the fourth quarter in both of their games that they've played. Um, and then the fourth quarter is really where they separate themselves. I really do think that like you can look at Denver and be like, they're 2-0, and Case Keenum leads the league in interceptions, and they're really only pulling away in the fourth quarter point to their 21 and one record in the first two weeks of the year, you know, in Denver at that elevation in that stadium and say, you know, that two and O record is a mirage, right? Like this is not a legit Denver defense. And this is our Denver team, not just defense. Um, This is the same thing that happened last year. They started off two and O and then they ended up going three and 11, I want to say to finish the season. Like, just take anything that happens in Denver early in the season with a grain of salt. It's all a mirage. Yeah. Uh, and you know the, the fourth quarter. You know this is some dumb, that's some dumb like football coach cliche shit. But the fourth quarter is kind of where you see like what shape your guys are in, and when you're playing on the road in that environment where the air is thinner, I I just don't think that most teams on the road are going to be able to to handle that, and that's what's historically happened. As what do you say? They're twenty one and one. Twenty one and one. I think they've played. Sixty games since the merger, first two weeks of the year in Denver, and they've lost eight. So they're basically playing Denver at home early in the season is the equivalent of playing Nick Saban's Alabama team. Right. Uh, it, it's just it's like just hard. Same same type of win percentage. It's just it's a cheat code, and it's not Denver's fault. Like they didn't pick the fucking elevation, right? Um, it's on I the do NFL. think that it's odd that the NFL has allowed them to. Yeah, it's it's on the NFL that they've allowed Denver to open up the season, you know, back-to-back home games for the last three years. Because uh, those are things that, like, you request. And it's not – like, this isn't happening with any other team. I don't think any other team has opened back-to-back home games at all um, when I was doing the, the research for it, when I was writing that piece. Um, so it's, it seems like something Denver's clearly requesting. You just got to keep in mind, like, anything that happens in Denver early in the year is fake. Um, I kind of lean Baltimore here, even though – that Cincinnati game didn't look good. If you look at the stats, like Baltimore on offense and on defense are doing pretty well. I trust John Harbaugh as a head coach with extended time, right? Um, so what's just the, in general, I kind of think. What's the spread on this game? Up? Minus five, Baltimore. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll take that. Just I think they're the better team. And, like, if there's any week – okay, it's not like Case Keenum has been playing lights out. He threw three interceptions the first week, and he threw one last week, so – He's he's probably gonna throw a couple versus Baltimore, uh, and yeah, I like the Ravens to cover that spread too. Let's just pray that the Ravens don't get Lamar killed before he's actually able to play because some of these like trick plays that they're running are just getting blown up so fast, and you're handicapping yourself when you have Lamar on the field 
and Joe Flacco at receiver. Like we all know you're not going to throw the ball to damn Joe Flacco. So <laughs> it's just it's you're just signifying it's going to yeah. be a run play. Like I I don't understand why Joe Flacco has to be on the field on plays when Lamar is out there. That's that's what I really don't understand because it's not like you're hiding. So like the thing about the Wildcat, right? Is like you actually have a running back in at quarterback, right? So like the personnel package looks normal. But like when Taysom Hill or Lamar Jackson are in the game, every defensive coordinator is like, yeah, that's a second green dot on the field. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You're you're not like it's you know it's gonna be jet motion, right? When Lamar's in on you know in these packages with Flacco in it, like every single time. This is very seems very silly. We should stop talking about this game. Um, next game: New York Giants, Houston Texans. I'm gonna put one minute on my little timer on my phone because both of these teams are 0 and 2 and do not matter. Uh, the Texans are six-point favorites yep. at home. What can we even say here other than if you want to watch awful offensive line play, this is, you know, coaching tape. This is yeah. for you. Uh, yeah, both these offensive lines suck. Uh, I think Deshaun Watson hasn't been nearly as bad as people are making it out to seem. I mean, last week he last week he had a good game, uh, and people are just ragging on him because they lost at the Titans, but – Whatever, like that's a team that had a top five pick last year and didn't get to use it. So I'm not really surprised why people are surprised that they suck. They don't have an offensive line. And uh, I'm going to take the Giants plus six because I don't think this Texan team should be favored by six over any team. Yeah. Yep. I agree. All right. We got 10 seconds to spare. We're good. Um, next game Oakland Raiders at Miami Dolphins. The Dolphins are three point favorites at home, minus 125. So they're dissuading people from taking Miami uh, minus three. Uh, so like Denver's a weirdo and two team or two and zero team. Miami's in that boat too because Miami's defense. You look at the numbers, sneaky good on defense. But I I don't trust Ryan Tannehill, and I'm never going to, and I'm not going to apologize for it. Yeah, but I think I think not with Tannehill, but I agree with you on the the. Dolphins defense being sneaky good. I mean, their secondary is playing lights out right now. So they've mm-hmm. they've uh, inter- they've got five interceptions. They've allowed just one uh, one touchdown. So that Minka Fitzpatrick pick already looking like it's paying off well. Uh, Rashad Jones playing out of his mind. Like they definitely have a legit secondary. And you know, I, I guess it's it's kind of. Do you think Carr is good enough to beat them with the way that they're playing right now? Uh, the three-point favorite, like I'd probably be inclined, uh, inclined to take it, just because you know a, a good secondary can kind of carry you to anything, and the Raiders' defense is still not anything. Well, the like, Raiders' offense out. has been bad uh, too. Like, let's be very clear: Carr has not been putting up good numbers, even though he was completing some crazy amount of passes against Denver. The weird thing about Denver too. All right, so let's talk about X and O's nerdy shit. Go back to this fun Denver game. Denver was playing off coverage for like three full quarters. Did you see the game at all? I I only saw the red zone stuff. They were just like letting them like free release everything. It was the weirdest thing I've ever seen where they were just like, yeah, we'll let we'll let Carr take all these short little passes. Basically the entire game. That's how Carr ended up going nine or 18 for 20 or whatever it was. And then by the time the fourth quarter came around, they were like, it was weird because it almost looked like they were like letting them get gassed. And then fourth quarter came in and they were like, clamp down, clamp down, clamp down. And they ended up pulling out. It was pretty weird. Yeah, it, it's almost – it's interesting, like, to just watch, like, the evolution of that Broncos defense. Just when you look at it, – it's it's not as interesting as the Seahawks, I guess, but it's kind of like the same boat where just three years ago we're talking about these teams having generational defensive – like, defensive units. And now, uh, like, I don't really know how Bradley Roby has been playing this year, but – they, it's like they don't really have the horses to do what they used to do. I mean, Von Miller is still fucking awesome, obviously. Yeah. Uh, but it, that's, that's well, just kind of like... Hem- it, they've been hemorrhaging talent for three years, you know what I mean, right. on the defensive yeah. side. So that stuff catches up to you at some point. Um, you want to hear some goofy stuff about Miami's uh, like probabilities, I guess? So I'm on 538 right now. Miami has a 29% chance to win the division, according to 538. That is higher than the Pittsburgh Steelers, the LA Chargers, the Green Bay Packers, the New Orleans Saints. Um, they also have a 15% chance to have a first round buy, according to 538. Uh, I will, I, if you present me with any sort of odds where I could fade this, I will, I will do it instantly. I, don't, I do not think Miami is yeah. that good. 
Um, but they have shown out against a very bad Tennessee Titans team, and their defensive backs, you know, have looked yeah, really good. Yeah, and I, so, I don't know. Worth noting to keep an eye on them, but I'm I'm not buying the hype, even if they're yeah. Up. And like, we'll see how real this team is. Because uh, once you get past the Raiders game, they go to New England, they go to Cincinnati, and then Khalil Mack and the Bears come to town after that. So you know, maybe this week they'll still three and zero, but then they hit a pretty they hit a gauntlet three game stretch after that. You know, we'll we'll get to Trubisky, uh, but the Bears front seven is is pretty nasty. So I, I'm just going to take the, the Dolphins minus three just because I'm i just in favor of that secondary over Derek Carr right now. Perfect. All right. Uh, next game, Green Bay Packers on the road, minus three against the Washington Redskins. Um, Redskins are kind of in the same boat as Miami where, like, you look at the numbers, sneaky good defense so far. And, like, part of that is that the fact that they played in Arizona. But still. Uh, wait, what team did you say? Uh, what was this game? <laughs> Did you black out Green Bay Packers? Oh, okay. yeah. Watch the Redskins. I, I, Packers. I heard the Packers, and then favorites. I forgot who they were playing. Real quick, uh, I don't. I don't know. I, I've watched the. I've watched Washington this year, and it's it's just weird because the first game they looked like Alex Smith looked like the the 2017 Alex Smith, and then in the game against the Colts, he looked like the the you know, the crappy Alex Smith captain check down. If you just look. <laughs> Chris Thompson got like 13 yeah. receptions or something, so if, which is just, so if you look amazing. at just the, the reception distribution for, <laughs> for the, uh, for Washington against the Colts last week, Chris Thompson had 13 catches for 92 yards. Jordan Reed had six catches for 55 yards and Vernon Davis had one catch for uh, seven yards. So what is it? 19, uh, 20 of your 33 receptions are going to the backs. Oh, and, and Adrian Peterson had uh, three catches for 30 yards. So 23 of your 33 receptions are going to backs and tight ends. Like, that's peak Alex Smith shit right there. Uh, and he he averaged 6.3 yards in attempts, no touchdowns, no interceptions. It just kind of felt like we were watching the old Alex Smith instead of the guy who was hitting deep bombs last year. And right now, I just don't really know like which Alex Smith you're going to get. And it's not like that. It's not like the Washington second is Washington secondary good this year, you think, or cause they did pick off Andrew Luck twice, but I don't really know what to make of that either. Cause they still gave up points in the red zone. And like this kid, Jordan Wilkins had a pretty nice day too, as a, as a receiver and as a, as a runner. Yeah, I don't know. Like, Andrew Luck's stats against Washington weren't very good. I think if you got, you know, average offensive play out of Redskins last week, they probably beat the Colts. Um, so I don't really know, but there's some definitely some weird stuff going on where, like, Josh Doxson has, like, I think he's second in the league in, like, wide receiver snaps or something like that. But he has, like, 30 yards, basically. And it's, like, something's just not adding up here. Like, this guy should be producing, and I don't think it's a – surprised that Washington is working out all these wide receivers and stuff. I, I think it's pretty obviously an issue that they're seeing early on in the season and want to correct it. But I don't know. They're three point home they're three point home dogs, yeah, at the end of the day. And Green Bay, like Rogers is very obviously banged up. I don't know how long that can realistically last, right? Like they tied, but they tied because a kicker missed three field goals and now he's probably not gonna get work ever again. Right. So I don't know. That, this, is a, this is a weird line that I could see, you know, the Packers maybe being overinflated here. Yeah, that that's true. And the Josh Doxson thing is interesting just because that kind of follows the trend of if you're a rookie receiver and you don't do anything your first year, you're likely not going to be anything in the NFL. So if you just look at Josh Doxson, even with injuries, like no matter what, it's just, it, it's just kind of been the trend. Uh, so Josh Doxson is rookie year. He had two receptions for 66 yards, and one of them was a 57-yard catch where I think he dropped with like one hand and caught it. So, you know, it's not like he did anything outrageous. It's the same thing with Treadwell. Treadwell made one catch, and it's like the highlight everyone points to with Treadwell. Yeah, uh, like John. I think that was against the Packers. God damn. Yeah, Dawson might have might get one against the Packers. That's just kind of how this thing works. Yeah, I just I just like – I just I kind of like the, the Packers to cover the spread on the road, even though, you know, even though Aaron Rodgers is – banged up for whatever that means. I mean, he's still Aaron Rodgers. But uh, I, I, I just – I like the the Packers cover the spread on the road. I, I think they're the more talented team right now. And 
if Alex Smith plays like he does again last week, it, they're, they're just not going to keep up. Okay. Uh, next game, we got two more morning games. Buffalo Bills at the Minnesota Vikings. The Vikings are 16.5 point home favorites against the Buffalo Bills, who last year were a playoff team, and it's only week three. I mean, they're <laughs> they're terrible, though. <laughs> it, it's just amazing how fast, like, Vegas has just come around to being like, yeah, Buffalo, Buffalo is not good at all. And we, we, we knew Buffalo was going to be terrible, like, within the first quarter of their season. Uh, yeah. Just because, like, I, I personally think, if you, if you go back and, like, just watch the All-22, Brian Dabble, he's doing some nice things, like, where he's getting guys open, but it just doesn't matter at all because – you can't block, you can't catch, and you can't throw. So, what's what's like? You could have Kyle Shanahan out there and or Sean McVay, and they're gonna have an awful offense just because the talent level is so poor there. Uh, it, it makes sense that they're sixteen and a half point underdogs, and I'd be inclined to take the Vikings, even though uh, Everson Griffin's gonna be out for this game. They're just, it's just kind of hard to put in the words like how talent depleted this Bills roster is like they got actively much much worse in the offseason even though they knew they were going to add a rookie quarterback in the top 10 of the draft it's just kind of baffling to see you know you look at what the you look at what the Chiefs did or you look at what the Browns have done with Baker Mayfield where you kind of get something established before you bring that guy in or if you're going to or you're like actively putting pieces together as you acquire him they did the opposite where they acquired the quarterback and now he has no one to block for him and no one to throw to. And here come the fucking Vikings where they're, they should just take a baseball bat to this offense. <laughs> um, my, my only prediction for this game is that by the end of the week, someone's going to, some bookmaker is going to tweet out that there is a bigger difference in win probability between the Buffalo Bills and Minnesota Vikings than a hypothetical game between the Buffalo Bills and Alabama Crimson Tide. Like, we're finally there. Yeah. We're finally there where it's not an NFL team is favored over, or a college team is favored over an NFL team, but there is a bigger difference between the top and the bottom of the NFL and the top of college football and the bottom of the NFL. We've finally done it, and his name is Josh Allen. We've made it, and I've seen him play, play against <laughs> Iowa, so you can't tell me what he can do against the Alabama defense, period. I've seen it against Iowa. Yeah. I've seen it against Hawaii. I, we've seen it. I've seen it against Boise State. <laughs> <laughs> There's no way. There's no way he could play against Alabama. And I mean, even, it, it's funny. Like, you know, we talk a lot about. I mean, we've talked about this in the past on this podcast. Like, where, oh, uh, you know, there's no way a college team could compete with an NFL team. But you know, if you look at the Bills roster, that's a fucking you stack it up team, next man. to Alabama's. Like it, it, it's it's not pretty. I mean, who are you taking right now? You taking two or Josh Allen? <laughs> I'm taking. I'm t- you taking Hurts or Josh Allen? At least, look, here, here's uh, the thing. I mean, that's at least, least Hurts knows how to make read option plays go. Like, Allen is actively choosing the wrong reads on read option plays and just eating face masks. Which is like, that's stuff you would yeah, saw in high uh, school in like a day. Right. It, it, it's it's weird that he can't do the basic things. And, and Allen has like this really weird, bizarre tendency where we were just talking about it before we came on. Like, he's cool with just bailing out of clean pockets and finding himself 15 to 20 yards yeah, behind the line he's, of scrimmage. he's the like, king of like the <laughs> i'm gonna pivot and get myself like 10 yards of room away from this line of scrimmage and you're like wait why i don't know why why like okay it, it it's cool Surprise, it was cool back in the day when pop up 50 yards downfield wide open like that's not what this offense is about to be yeah it was cool back in the day you know when michael vick was with the Falcons and he would do it, but he ran a four three. Like it's not as fun when it's <laughs> it not works, fun it works for Russell Wilson. It's yeah. Um, I will say so the the uh, money line here, Buffalo is plus nine hundred to win this game. Um, the zero and two New York Giants, who have shown no signs of life so far in the NFL, right through two weeks of the season, are plus eight hundred to win the NFC East. And this is when we know that 0-2 teams miss the playoffs like 95% of the time. Yeah. So uh, there's have a better you... chance of the Giants winning the East, winning a division, than the Bills winning this game, which is just – we did it. Awesome. We finally done it. We found, we found the absolute bottom of what an NFL roster can look like. Have you looked at 
the Bills adjusting their yards per attempt? Like, where is it? Where it is right now? Um, I haven't. You know I know it was in the yeah. it was it was the negatives in Week One, and then Buffalo scored like three touchdowns against the Chargers quietly. Yeah. Um, so, so I don't know. I would, it's like around one or two. Yeah, they're at one point five. So <laughs> right go. now they're getting one one point five yards. Uh, per like pretty much if you if you add touchdowns, interceptions, sacks, sack yards, lost. The Bills are getting less than two yards per attempt out of their passing offense, which is fucking terrible. Like, there's no, it's not even like, oh, that's not bad. Like, it's just, it's, it's no, historically bad. Because if you, <laughs> even if you look at what what Kaiser did last year that, with that's, Browns, that's worse than what like bad Mac teams do. Like when like right. Akron is like, oh fuck, we do not have a quarterback this year, and it's like move yeah. a receiver over. He played quarterback in high school, even though he's like five eight. Like that's the type of numbers that Buffalo's putting up at the NFL level. Yeah. So the, right last year the Browns they had an adjusted yards per attempt of three point six, which is more than double where the Bills are right now. And we saw how terrible the the Browns' offense was last year. And uh, I mean it's just funny because the first thing that John one of the first things that John Dorsey does when he gets that job is like, oh, we got to get Kaiser out of here. Uh, and <laughs> like if if. Josh Allen was a second round pick instead of a top ten pick. You're thinking right now, ooh, we gotta change this right now. Even through one and a half games, like you know nothing good's gonna happen this year because they're so talent depleted. But uh we've talked too much about the Bills. They're terrible and their fans are terrible too. Uh so I'm gonna take the Vikings minus sixteen and a half. All right, perfect. Uh last one o'clock game, East Coast time, not best coast time. Uh, San Francisco 49ers at the Kansas City Chiefs. The Kansas City Chiefs are six-and-a-half-point favorites against the Niners. Um, feeling pretty bad about my San Francisco 49ers win projection at this point. Um, Jimmy G is just not not putting it together. I mean, they're leaving some plays on the field, but I don't know. What do we think about this game? Yeah. Uh, the oh, the over-under is 55-and-a-half, which is goddamn, man. Take, and shit. Take the over. I mean, Jimmy G struggled, but if there's any team to have a get-right game against, it's the Chiefs. I mean, yeah, this team. Mind you, this, this, their defense got lit up by Chase Daniel in the preseason, and that's not even including them getting lit up, you know, in the regular season. We ha- we have not seen this defense not just combust into flames, basically, like this whole summer and early. Yeah. Like as bad as I mean, as good as the Chiefs' offense is, the defense is just as bad. Like, so if if you look back at that Chargers game from Week One. We, we talked about it last week on the pod that didn't get put up, but Phillip Rivers he could have thrown for 600 yards. Last week, if the if the Steelers can hit their field goals and uh, their extra points, like they have a chance to tie that game at 42 at the end. Of, like tie the game at 42 at the end if they like, if they had a chance to put a, a four point if they had a chance for a two point conversion in uh, at the end of the game. So this is just like a defense that is comically comically bad right now. Uh, so the over, like if you if you bet the over in literally every single Chiefs game this year, I wouldn't be mad at it. <laughs> uh, and I I think this is probably going to be another like extreme shootout for the Chiefs, where you know where you might need to score thirty eight or plus just to to have a chance at winning, which is a really it's it's not a it's not a great spot to be in, but it hasn't failed them yet. So just keep it rolling. What did you say the spread was on this game again? Six and a half. Yeah, I think I'm gonna take the 49ers plus six and a half, just because I don't I don't think that you can be favored that much when you have a defense that bad. You're like I feel like this is, I, this I haven't really big, looked at this. This is a big college football thing, but the thing is always like t- take the points in a shootout, basically take the dog in a shootout. I know that that's like a big like anyone who bets like air raid offenses basically is just like yep, just bet on the dog every time because this crazy shit happens and none, all of this is random and football is stupid. Yeah, uh, so I'm I'm gonna take the 49ers plus six and a half. Jimmy G gets a get right game, but at the end of the day, like with the way Mahomes is playing, I still think the Chiefs are gonna win. But uh, I would just take the over and take the uh, the Forty ers to cover the six and a half on the spread. Um, speaking of the Chiefs, they're they're gonna have to blow up that defense next year, and the way that they're gonna have to blow it up is by releasing Justin Houston because he's just making entirely too much money for him to be dropping back in a coverage that often. And that is going to be such a fucking stupid decision. But yeah, uh, I don't know. That's how, that's how you get to be one of the worst defenses in, in the game. So yeah, if you, if you just look at uh, the expected points, 
on uh, Pro Football Reference right now. The Chiefs are dead last in expected points added by the passing attack. By passing defense, they're at minus 46.5, which is really a bad place to be. The only other team that has minus 40 is the Saints. And that just kind of shows you, okay, <laughs> you know, we're, we're struggling yeah. on defense here. So I'm going to take, like I said, good. take the over. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So that's what I was saying about when you were talking about the Saints defense. Like, ah, oh, they're not doing great. No, they're doing fucking awful. Like, they're looking like the 2016 team, wasn't it? Yeah. It was when the Saints and the Raiders were like the worst um, secondaries in the league. Yeah, they're just, they're neither of these teams are looking well at all. I think these two teams, at least in terms of passing defenses, are by far the worst in the league so far. Yep, and the numbers backed it up. So, uh, like I said, it's 49ers plus six and a half and take the over. All righty, we get the afternoon games finally. The Los Angeles Chargers against the Los Angeles Rams. Um, a, they don't really a, have a name for this rivalry at all, huh? It's not even a rivalry. It's not a rivalry. They, no one cares about this. I mean, no one I, cares about the Chargers. I honestly didn't know when I was watching that. When I was watching the Chiefs-Chargers game week one, I honestly had no idea it was a home game for the Chargers. I thought they were playing in Arrowhead just because, like, if you look into <laughs> the stands, they, there were literally no Chargers stands in the stadium. It was just a sea of red. Like, they're, they're a team that are – they're legit playing 16 away games, and it's it's hilarious to see. Like, that's some peak Chargers shit. What's the spread on this game? Uh, Rams minus seven. Seven. Teaser special. It's yeah. a teaser special. Uh yeah, so we're gonna tease this one. You get the Rams. Gonna... The Rams are the best team in the NFL, first and foremost. And if you tease this, you can get it down to minus one. So I'll just say that. Yeah, I can't give out picks, but I'll say that. Yeah, I was I was just about to say. So we'll tease this. I mean, not we. I will tease this. Uh, down to Rams minus one with the Patriots game that we're gonna talk about in a bit. But like that pass defense is just smothering people right now. So if, if you just look at. Like we, I was just talking about expected points added for pass defenses. The Rams, I mean, the, yeah, the Rams are in first, uh, and the Dolphins are in second right now. So, you know, it, it, it's pretty crazy what the what Talib and Peters have been doing so far. I mean, I know that they've played the Cardinals, which is a little inflating, but they did legit. They, I mean, they did just completely smother that passing attack, and so far for the year. The Rams, they've they've given up 12 catches for 98 yards to opposing teams' wide receivers, which is pretty crazy. And they're first in adjusting net yards per attempt value uh, and adjusting net yards per attempt with 2.9, and they've only sacked the quarterback twice this year. So you're leading the league in a, count, in a stat that counts sacks, and you only have two sacks yourself. That just kind of shows how strong the secondary is right now. So... Uh, I don't know if I'd be comfortable with putting them, you know, with, with laying seven points on them, but I do feel pretty good about teasing down to one and them winning the game. Yep. I mean, I, I really don't have anything else to say other than that. I mean, this game, if it's a tease, it might interest you, but seven points is a lot. The Rams are good. The Charger is like, while they have looked competent and haven't done hashtag charger shit, like you could you could see it bubbling at points, right? Or they're dropping two hundred yards worth of passes against the Chiefs and stuff of that nature. So, and they, they quietly, right? Like they let Buffalo score twenty one. Like Buffalo is not Arizona right now, where Arizona's crossed the fifty like once and they haven't scored a touchdown yet. So it's not like the Chargers totally and completely shut down the Bills last week, even though we don't think that they're any good. Yeah, I mean the Bills they, they did kind of rally after the game got out of hand, but still, it, it I, I, this this Chargers team might be a little bit overrated for where we thought they were going to be entering the season. But uh, yeah, tease it down to minus one, and then we'll hit the Pats game in a second. Alrighty, um, the next game we're not going to go straight. Yeah, the Pats is the Sunday night game, so we're not going to go to that one yet. Um, Chicago Bears at Arizona Cardinals. The Bears are five point road favorites, which is just amazing the bears probably shouldn't be road favorites against like 30 teams in the nfl but they're five point home or road favorites against arizona cardinals which just goes to show you how awful this cardinals team has been yeah the cardinals they've been outscored 58 to 6 so far this year uh that's really bad sam bradford threw for 90 yards last week on 27 attempts 3.3 yards per attempt that's really bad i mean this team sucks uh i don't really know what else there is to say about it 
And I, I just don't see how they move the ball at all against the Bears defense. Even if, you know, even if Trubisky comes out and struggles again, I don't think the Bears will have any trouble covering this five-point spread, even on the road. So I'm just going to take the Bears. Yeah, I don't even want to talk about this game, honestly. So we'll just move on. Skedaddle right past it. Uh, The Dallas Cowboys plus one and a half on the road against the Seattle Seahawks, who are 0-2. Seahawks basically, you know, out of of realistic playoff contention at this point. Um, But I think they opened up back-to-back on the road, too. So this might kind of be a little spot for them. Yeah, how how do we feel about the Seahawks so far? I mean, they're they're bad. Yeah, they're, they're pretty bad this year. There there was there was there was someone who when I tweeted out like sending questions, someone said like which record is less indicative of their true talent, Miami 2 and 0 or Seattle 0 and 2 and I was like, I don't think Miami's good, but I know Seattle's bad, you know? Yeah. Uh they 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 you kind of see where they've lost a lot of talent on that defense over the past few years. And even though Trubisky didn't have a great game, the Bears were still able to move the ball uh, when they really needed to. So I don't know. Even though it's Seahawks-Cowboys and normally that's like a fire matchup, this this game isn't – it's not that exciting either. Uh, The weird thing – how much of that Dallas game did you watch last week? The the Giants-Cowboys game? I watched the entire thing. Okay, so the first the first drive, Dak is just on fire, and they're running RPOs. They're doing all sorts of like jet motion shit, right? And you're like, oh my god, Dallas really installed an entire new offense in a week, and then they went off their script, and it looked like the old Cowboys. So I w- I wonder if this is more like, so so Russell Wilson historically has been a second half quarterback, right? Like his his efficiency numbers skyrocket in the second half a lot of that goes comes down to like people point at Pete Carroll and say he makes good halftime adjustments this might be a game where you might want to take Dallas you know first half because you know that they're going to be running their script and it looks like they they understand now what they need to do is just when they run out of plays that they get in trouble right and then take Seattle in the second half rather than bet the one and a half or whatever it is yeah, I mean that could be a good strategy too. I, it's just interesting to me. The, the 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 big thing to me is you 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 usually hear Seahawks Cowboys and you're pumped up, but these teams just don't have that many good players right now. And nope. uh, I I guess I'll just take Seattle minus one and a half because they're at home. Uh, but I I don't feel great about I I like I don't really feel great about either pick, and I don't really feel interested in watching the game smart i'll be watching red zone so yep same my, my favorite team uh sunday night football the new england patriots off a loss are six and a half point road favorites against the detroit lions um mind you the same detroit lions who got what four interceptions in week one because they couldn't change uh Basically, hand signals on the offensive side of the ball. Yeah, and um, Jeff just carved them up. Do you do you know what Bill do you know what Bill Belichick was once in trouble for? Uh, Filming hand signals and using them in games against familiar opponents. And uh, Detroit Lions head coach Matt Patricia was his DC for like what, like a decade or something. So, uh, recipe for disaster here. I think like this is very much a get right spot for the Patriots. Uh. Yeah, I, I I think like this is the other uh, game that you gotta tease the Rams game with. So you, you tease the pass down to what point five favorites. Yep. Uh, yep. And I think that should be, you know, and and at that point that that makes it a pick them. So, I uh, definitely do that if you can. He says that he says that with confidence, like we haven't just seen two ties in the NFL in the first two weeks. Of the okay, game. yeah, but the Lions stink, and <laughs> and you know, I think. I, hey, buddy, I agree. I saw what the Jets did. I've seen what the Jets have done the last two weeks. I understand how bad the Lions are. I will not be tricked. Uh, yeah. Future Hall quarterback Matthew Stafford. Five and forty-six for five hundred teams. <laughs> Here comes a five hundred team with Tom Brady. And Bill Belichick, and they're forty-four and what after a bye? They're yeah, it's like forty-four and six. Not after a bye, after a loss. After a um, loss, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah they're uh, they're absolutely ridiculous in like a get-right spot type situation. The lines are awful against good teams. 
it just everything is just working against the Lions here. If Brian Hoyer were starting this game, would you still have the Patriots as a favorite? Yeah, I would. On the road. Yeah, me too. And uh, the Patriots haven't even looked. I just have confidence in like the brands. Yeah, and I mean, it, the Lions defense stinks, so uh, <laughs> here come Gronk. Do you remember and... when we, in 2017 when we said they had the worst offseason in football and people got very mad because they pointed out we drafted a linebacker and a cornerback who runs a 4-7 and a tight end who runs a 4-9? Yeah. Uh, and Josh, it, Josh, Josh Sitton, who, or not Josh Sitton, TJ Lang, who I think busted his foot twice and is now out for the season in this season, too. Like, busted his foot twice, signed a contract in Detroit, and is now not on the field. Surprise. Funny how that works out like that. Uh, yeah. So, I, I mean, there's not really much else to say here. Uh, Josh Gordon's probably going to play, which is going to be fun because he gets freed from whatever horrible stuff was happening in Cleveland, even though now that Baker's in, they, they look a little a little better. But still, it's the Browns versus the Patriots. So Josh Gordon, even if he doesn't know the full playbook, like you can just throw him uh, some screens, some slants, a go-around corner, like, and, and he'll be fine. So, uh, <laughs> Tom Brady can break the huddle and be like, you got a nine on this one. You have a post. Yeah. It's just nine and post. Yeah. That's all you got to do all game. Just keep a defense honest, so. Yeah, as long as Tom Brady can tell him what to do, he'll be fine. He'll be able to make an impact. And then, obviously, you got Gronk at tight end. Like, those two alone are enough to overwhelm just by any defense, especially the Lions. So, tease this down to .5, pair it with the Rams game to get down that game down to uh, minus one. And that should be, like, a pretty pretty safe bet. That's a pretty high probability tease. I really don't like teases. Um, last week – I won by the skin of my teeth with the Chargers and the Saints. I really don't like teases, but I do agree on the the Rams Patriots one. They're both in pretty good spots, you know. I, I think I think you're pretty, you're in a pretty good spot when you can get over six and three on both sides of a tease. So I think that one's a pretty smart pick. Um, last game of the week, Monday Night Football, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers two and zero Tampa Bay Buccaneers host the o o one and one Pittsburgh Steelers. And the Steelers are only one and a half point road favorites, which is like a four point difference from what it opened as, you know, when the look at headlines came out in April or whatever. Uh, you went out for a second of mine when you said the spread. What was it? Oh, uh, one and a half point dogs. Buccaneers at home. Uh, do we ever trust the Steelers on the road? Uh, you shouldn't. I forgot what the numbers are. I'll look it up right now. But basically, Roethlisberger on the road is basically what Rivers is against the division, where he's basically um, like his touchdowns match his interceptions, essentially, right? And then when he's out of the split, he's an MVP candidate. So when he's at home, he's basically, you know, Brian Hoyer, you know, pick whoever replacement level quarterback you want to talk about. But then. Yeah, at home, he's an MVP candidate. So, I don't know. Like, this has just been a trend for, like, since 2014. So, at some point, you just have to kind of accept that he's just not good on the road, right? Yeah. Uh, that's, you know, uh, that's just who he is at this point. So, yeah, it, it, I think the big story is, will the Fitz magic continue? And if you look at the Steelers' defense, probably – He'll he should at least have a productive game. Like if you just look at what, how Pittsburgh's defense has done this year, I mean it's not like I mean the Chiefs have one of the best offensive supporting casts ever. Maybe <laughs> with Tyreek Hill, Sammy Watkins, Travis Kelsey, defensive offensive uh, decent offensive line, Kareem Hunt, and they were get, they just got ripped up for six touchdowns last week. But you know, fit. I just don't, I just don't know because like, this fits thing has to end at some point. I just don't know if this is the week for it. I I, I still think I'm going to take. Yeah, Tampa and I looked Bay for Optimus Scouting. I wrote about this week about basically Mahomes a start, Fitzpatrick start. By the way, they're both. So I I think Mahomes is basically his AYA is like 14, right? Fitzpatrick is like 15. Um, through two weeks, no quarterback since the rule changes for defensive pass interference in 2004. I want to say has ever thrown higher than 12, right? So these are two the two by far best starts to a season in 15 years, right? Um, but when I looked at the top 20, 
like starts, you know, in this era of football, um, the numbers do decline. But basically what ends up happening is you're, you're probably going like eight and three the rest of the way. Like there's some injury luck and stuff involved. You're probably missing three games in general as a quarterback um, in this league. So, you know, you're probably winning twice as many games or almost three times as many games as you're losing if you have a hot start like this. And then um, in terms of from like week three to week 17 football, you're probably going to have finish the season with a top eight um, pass rate. So, like, what we should expect now from Fitzpatrick, if we're just blindly looking at fast starts like he's had, um, is probably something like what uh, Philip Rivers had last year, like that type of number. Um, and that that's pretty good. Like, most teams would take 2017 Philip Rivers, you know? Yeah, for sure. I'm so, Buc- Buccaneers might be like a sleeper. Like, they're the only 2-0 team in the South, right? Yeah, everyone else is one and one. Yeah, I mean, they might be like sleeper playoff team. Just keep this in mind. I don't want to go all the way in on it, but if if they can get it this week and then something weird happens in the South, uh, I don't know. I could be all in on them. Yeah, I mean, it just kind of. I, I guess we, you know, it, it, it'd be hilarious. Like you're gonna have, like the the Falcons Saints game. Those teams are just gonna cannibalize each other. So once someone's gonna be two and one, someone's gonna be one and two. But the Panthers, but, like, if they end up losing you to Cincinnati. Remember, like, the Buccaneers are playing a fourth-place schedule in the NFC, which is very important when we have awful teams like the Cardinals, um, a team without a quarterback in the Chicago Bears, right? Got, when, you, when you can face teams like that, the Washington Redskins, which kind of just choked up the ball. Or no, they, uh, the Giants. The Giants were the fourth-place team in the East. They're awful at quarterback, too. So, like, every game in the NFC is really, 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 really hard other than the fourth-place schedule. And if Tampa can just kind of devour that schedule, I, I could totally see them ended up ending up like, I don't know, 11 and five or something like that and ended up getting, you know, the NFC South spot in the playoffs. Yeah. That, I mean, that makes sense. I mean, I just don't think anyone expected Fitz to have this year, which is why it's so jarring. Like to talk yeah. about, oh my God, the Bucks are, they have a pretty good chance to be in first place. Rich Gannon 2.0. In the NFC South. Like, th- that's the only other time that we've really seen this happen, was Rich Gannon. So if it does happen, that's probably the comparison that you're going to hear a lot. Yep. Uh... And it was kind of the same type of situation where they had a bunch of wide receiver talent there too, right? Like, Rich Gannon wasn't doing it by himself. Yeah, so I, I think I said I'm going to take the Bucks plus 1.5. Yeah, so I'm going to stick with that. Um, Fitzpatrick is just playing lights out. The Steelers' defense kind of stinks. And... Yeah, that's it. Like, even though they're on the road, Big Ben should still have a good, a good game because the Bucks' pass defense is awful. Yeah, they're not uh, good. Which is kind of it's kind of like the it's kind of like the Chiefs a little bit where I, I I trust Pat Mahomes and those guys to keep it on more than I trust his Patrick and those guys to keep it on mask a horrible pass defense. But like, you're still playing with a pretty razor. Razor thin margin for error, but I'm still going to take the Bucks plus one point five for now, and we'll just keep seeing what happens as we move through the season. All right, perfect. So that's going to conclude episode, or what? Do you have- this is what we should do. Actually, this is what okay. we should do. We should do one more. What's the th- What's the Thursday night game next week? I think it's Vikings Rams. We should talk about that because we're not going to. History says we're not going to record before <laughs> the next Thursday night game. Right. All right, so the Vikings Rams. I mean, these are the best two teams in the NFC. I don't really know what else to say other than like this is going to be really fun and probably a you know playoff preview. Yeah, I mean, if any, if this game ended up being the like a preview for the NFC Championship game, I don't, I don't think we'd be surprised. Uh, it's going to be fun. It's going to be like a, a rare fun Thursday night game. Let's just hope that no one gets banged up this weekend to kind of take the shine off that, but. You got two of the premier defenses in the game versus two of the better offenses in the league right now. Uh, so that should be that should be a really fun game. Hopefully, it's not like a, a stinker and the offenses can actually like a defensive stinker and the offense can actually get some shots in there. But it should be a you know a slugfest. And the NFL finally got one right by putting two premier teams on against each other in primetime. Wow! Imagine, think that like good good scheduling mattering for a league instead of. Just chaos. One one thing I'm going to write about, no one gets to steal it, is like the first week of November, I talked to you about this a lot. Um, it's the only the second time Brady plays Rodgers. That's very dumb. Like Rodgers is like 35. 
and Brady's like 41. People widely consider them to at least be contending for um, the title of greatest quarterback of all time. And the fact that the NFL has basically given us two of these games in what amounts to like 15 years just seems very dumb. The NFL gets scheduling completely wrong. Again, no one gets to steal this idea because I'm writing about it that week, but. (sighs) All right. So that'll conclude episode 81 and a half of Set Me Edge. We'll be back uh some point next week i don't know can't promise you when five star reviews we have two pod we have a podcast that has more five star reviews than two peter king podcasts i want that on the record peter king is a uh criminal he does not disclose advertisements it's ridiculous (laughs) he should not be part of this program (laughs) what did he say about josh gord again like like they should not be in business this is beneath them or something like this is beneath that that type of program which Oh, Peter King. Yeah. I thought he would cry. cry. Uh, So, yeah, episode 81 and a half in the books. Five star. We'll be back at some point.